honestly don't even use the word missions a whole lot at Rush Creek. Uh, it's just what we do. It's just who we are. It's like we have opportunities to bless uh, our neighbors, and we have opportunities to go help start a church in Detroit or Pittsburgh, or we have opportunities to go down and serve alongside our, our international campus in El Salvador and encourage them and go door to door sharing the gospel with them. And, uh, yeah, it, it really is just who we are. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so that they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Brian McFadden. Brian is the compassion pastor at Rush Creek Church in Arlington, Texas. Brian heads up all of the outreach programs at Rush Creek Church, and that's a really big responsibility. And that's because Rush Creek doesn't have a missions program. Uh, Rush Creek truly believes that everything they do is about outreach, both locally and globally. And that means that every member needs to be engaged in sharing the gospel every day. So I asked Brian to explain why that's so central to everything at Rush Creek. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, I feel feel like there is a, a Bible mandate from Jesus that we're supposed to take the gospel to our neighbors across the street, in our communities, and around the world. And uh, I don't think missions is an event, uh, something that we designate a time of our life to do. I think it's the way that we live. And if we're living out that missional lifestyle, it's going to be at your workplace. It's going to be in your neighborhood. It's going to be the the call to, to take the gospel to different parts of the world. So, yeah, the biggest thing for me is missions isn't something that we do. It's who we are. Hmm. Explain a little bit more about what you mean by that, um, because, you know, a lot of churches, they treat missions like another ministry in the church. But the impression that I'm getting from Rush Creek is that missions is a is a part of your heartbeat. It's who you guys are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, missions is who we are, but there's always new people who come into the fold or who come to Rush Creek from a different part of the, the country. And we've always got to continue to uh, reinforce that in the way that we teach and the way that we live. Um, because they're watching us and they, if we're talking about mission trips, they're, they're watching to see who's going. Is the leadership participating on these teams? Are they living a lifestyle with their own families in their community, serving the, the under-resourced or serving people in our community? So yeah, to make it part of our DNA, we have got as leaders to be the examples that they're watching. Hmm. And so many on my team, uh, that serve here in, on the compassion team is, um, they have that call and they, and they feel that burden to reach people. And so obviously they're going to live that way, but we need the whole staff. We need our, our senior pastor and our campus pastors all to be doing the same thing so that, that um, we just ooze out missions. We ooze out love for other people. And we, we honestly don't even use the word missions a whole lot mm-hmm. at Rush Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just what we do. It's just who we are. It's like we have opportunities to bless uh, our neighbors, and we have opportunities to go help start a church in Detroit or Pittsburgh, 
or we have opportunities to go down and serve alongside our, our international campus in El Salvador and encourage them and go door to door, uh, sharing the gospel with them. And, uh, yeah, it, it really is just who we are. And when new folks who come to Rush Creek see us living that way, um, obviously, obviously the old adage of, you know, see God at work and go joining. That's what we're hoping mm-hmm. that when they come, they see God at work in different places in different ways and they just join in. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you don't use the term missions a ton um, at Rush Creek. In fact, your your focus, your ministry, your title, and and everyone that works in your your world, they, you call it the compassion uh, ministry. Why did you guys choose to 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 frame things the way that you did for that? Yeah, we believe that you know Jesus told us to to love God and love others, and loving others is a, an outpouring of that compassion that we should have. For everyone no, everyone, no matter where they live, work, play, what um, ethnic background they, they come from, what socioeconomical background that they come from, that we're supposed to just love everyone. And so we gave um, that name to our ministry, not only as just a reminder for what we're doing and how we're doing these things, but it really is a definition of how we should live our lives through compassion and with compassion for other people. So if you had um, maybe a new member, a new person there um, that begins begins to uh, engage at Rush Creek and be a part of who you guys are, um, if they were to come to you and kind of have that conversation about outreach and your ministry and kind of come to you from the perspective of you know, they don't feel like that's something that they should be involved in, that they're just going to fund it and let you guys go do that. What would you say to that person? Yeah. So that's a very real question that happens quite often. Um, people are called in different ways or feel uh, like they should be doing something and they're not exactly sure. And there's those who just for one reason or another, don't feel like uh, they've been called to travel. They don't like to travel. They don't, they're too uncomfortable in other cultures but I still feel like they have um, a part to play in our outreach through our compassion ministry. And, you know, several senior citizens come to mind who, who find us at late in life and they know that they're supposed to be involved, but physically they're not exactly sure. And so we've got opportunities for them to pray for our partners, pray for teams. Um, if they're able, they can come up to, to one of our compassion centers and write notes to our partners or serve mm-hmm. our neighbors by just meeting with them and praying with them or, or teaching English. There's all kinds of opportunities that you can, that you can be a part of at Rush Creek through the compassion ministry without traveling globally. Because honestly, mm-hmm. the world lives here. They live in the Dallas Fort mm-hmm. Worth area. Um, mm-hmm. so you don't have to go on a trip to reach the world. And so there are tons of opportunity to engage different cultures right here at home. Mm -hmm. How does the call to make the gospel known among the nations play a crucial role in personal discipleship and spiritual growth? Yeah, I think discipleship is extremely important uh, in our our global strategy. We're not uh, a church that is a one and done. We'll go out to a part of the world and do a one-time trip and we're out of there. Our partnerships are very strategic. Uh, I heard a speaker on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about um, not having a, whole, a ton of different partners around the world, that they have mm-hmm. few mm-hmm. and they go very deep. 
And that is our strategy mm. as well. Mm. Uh, we have a few partnerships around the world, but we want to go deep into their community. We want to go deep with the leaders in their community, the different churches and the pastors, the city leaders, uh, to make a true impact where our partners live. So discipleship is extremely important in um, compassion ministry because uh, we work closely with our small groups ministry at Rush Creek and, uh, you know, going on a trip or serving someone um, at one of our resource centers is an expression of learning what the Bible has taught us. It's, an, it's, it's how we live out what God has told us to do. And so there's the, the personal discipleship. Have I been called to do these things? And here's what it looks like when I've learned it. This is how I express it. I'm serving at a food pantry here in our city, or I'm serving one of our community partners at a homeless shelter, or I'm going to, to Uganda to train some pastors uh, on a trip. So it looks like different things as discipleship. It's, it's the act of, of living out what you know you're supposed to do. And so... Our compassion ministry doesn't work alone at Rush Creek. We work in partnership with our small groups ministry, with our student ministry, and our children's ministry. They are just as involved uh, as a ministry in our compassion uh, ministry as any others. And so we don't neglect the, the young ones. We, we don't think that it's too young for uh, a young person to go on a mission trip. Uh, now, there are certain trips that they may be too young, but we try to make it possible that whole families can go on our trips, uh, not only to to live out their personal discipleship on those trips, but also to serve other people. And so, yeah, you're never too young to, to, to start serving others. Mm-hmm. A big part, sort of a central com- uh, component of your compassion ministries, uh, from what I'm hearing from you, s- seems to be... Uh, sort of these trips and these international trips and things like that. Why do you find that trips have such an important um, role in the outreach ministries there? Yeah, trips are a time where you can get away from the the, the day-to-day activities of life. And you can really uh, separate yourself from the stress of home and really focus on what God has called uh, the church to do, and that is to take the gospel to the nations. And so on these trips, a family is able to, to see with their own eyes how our partners live, uh, what their strategies look like in their communities to, to live out that call in their lives. Um, but trips are so important that not only serves our, our global por- partners, but when our families come back home, they come back home different. They've been changed. And the, the way we live, our lifestyles and our, and our um, cultures may be different, but the fact that we love and serve other people, uh, we can see how it looks like in Uganda or in El Salvador and come home. And, and the greatest joy for me is to see someone come back from a trip and I see their life has changed. They're living differently. Their priorities are different. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, that for, for me personally, as a, as a missions pastor, that is my, my greatest joy is just to see uh, how they have, how they're living out uh, an experience that they had across the ocean now back at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I've heard a couple of times um, as you've talked about these trips is the idea of families going on these trips together. And so, so often when we think of short-term ministry opportunities, it tends to f- 
to center in on youth or college or individuals going um, with it. Why do you guys emphasize the importance of families going together? Mm-hmm. At Rush Creek, we think the primary spiritual uh, leader of the family are the parents. It's not the church. And so for families to go serve together, it just reinforces um, what we teach, that the, the mom and the dad are the spiritual leaders for those families. And so to have families go out and serve together, serve alongside each other, uh, they may or not, may not be working on the same project that day on the mission field, but they come back that evening and share those stories, share those experiences. And um, yeah, it's just super important to us at Rush Creek that families Um, have that responsibility to train their kids. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously there are people, and you mentioned this earlier, um, that may not be comfortable traveling or maybe may not not even be capable Mm -hmm. of making, of participating in a, in a trip like that. So what are some other specific ways that you get them engaged in international missions and allow them to be part of the the larger work that's going on through your uh, compassion ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so engaging families of all life stages, I believe is the responsibility of my office and my team to help people uh, figure out what works best for their family. Uh, for example, we have uh, families in the life stage that have young toddlers. And traveling with young ones um, can be difficult and challenging, not impossible, but some people just don't think that their kids are quite mature enough to, to go overseas. And so we, we talk with those families and we come up with ideas that they could, as parents, teach their kids about serving others. And one thought would be, you know, when you go out to eat, share with your kids that, you know, to, today at our meal, we're not going to drink anything but water. And the money that we would have spent on coffee or iced tea, we're going to donate to our mission partner overseas. And it's just one way that families can show a small sacrifice here to their kids at age-appropriate level how we can support missions financially. Uh, Another way is every month we provide um, opportunities for our, our members to pray for our partners around the world. And we highlight one specific partner for the four weeks in a month to pray for that partner. And we remind them each week of who that partner is and what their requests are that month. And we encourage our families around the dinner time and at bedtime to to pray for our partner's specific needs so that when they come to visit us, they feel like they have some type of relationship with them. They know what the challenges are that they're facing. They know about their family. And we view all of our partners as Rush Creek members. Uh, They may not technically be members, but they are us and they're family and we care about them. One of the things that I love about Rush Creek's Compassion Ministries is that they have laser focus on who they are and what they want to accomplish. And you can hear that in every answer Brian shares. And that's a big reason behind their success. We'll continue our conversation with Brian after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end. And it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, 
and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. I asked Brian to share some details about the amazing work Rush Creek is doing in El Salvador. Here's what he had to say. Sure, sure. Yeah, we. Um, I was introduced to our pastor in El Salvador in 2010. And uh, the connection that was made for us was through a, a different child sponsorship agency uh, that aligned us based upon our beliefs and our strategy for ministry. And honestly, it was a phenomenal connection. They did a great job of connecting us to a church that was like-minded with the same type of strategies. Mm -hmm. And so since 2010, we've been serving alongside them. They had a child sponsorship program at that time. And, but our, our, our relationship grew so deep uh, with the families, not just the pastor, but with the families in that church that we really outgrew that child sponsorship organization. And they're a great mm -hmm. organization. But we knew that we wanted to, to go deeper in that community. And so in 2015, we developed our own sponsorship program there in El Salvador. Wow. And it was a huge undertaking, uh, lots of responsibilities involved there. Um, but with those responsibilities is complete joy. I mean, there's so many people here in the States connected to families there in El Salvador uh, on a personal level that it'd be hard to duplicate any other place. Now, for one thing, we're in Texas and El Salvador um, speaks Spanish. And so we have lots of Spanish speakers here in our <laughs> church and, you know, they go on trips and we don't have to rely a hundred percent on translators. They can communicate at a different level. Um, another thing that makes that relationship very successful is just the respect that we have for our partners there and they have for us. And mm -hmm. so many of our members mm -hmm. do have strong relationships with those families, but they respect mm -hmm. our program. They respect um, the avenues that we ask them to go through. If there's a financial request or a prayer request or a physical need. Um, and we try to care for all the families, not just the kiddos who are part of our pen pal program. That's just what we call it is partnering mm -hmm. with El Salvador neighbors. So it's our pen pal mm -hmm. program. And um, we don't just focus on the kids. We focus on the entire family. So mom and dad and kids who are, right. who are in college. It. And uh, it, it really is a great way for our people to engage another culture uh, on a very deep and personal level. 
That's that's really exciting. So what have been, you know, as you guys have transitioned from working, obviously one child being a, uh, you know, a, a 60 year old child sponsorship organization and sort of seen so many different elements of that. It's not easy doing child sponsorship. It's a challenge. And there's a lot of different things that that are play into that. What are some of the challenges that you guys have run into as you've transitioned from working with an organization and kind of taking this in house and managing it yourselves? Mm-hmm. Initially, the transition wasn't too difficult. Uh, this other organization did a fantastic job of training many of the people in the community uh, in their program. And we just adopted many of their, their, um, their ideas and their strategies and their organization that we just use in our own program. But you're right, there are challenges. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in El Salvador, you know, it's a, a high crime area. Uh, people are always looking for work. And so that means we've got transient families who are mm-hmm. just moving from place to place. And uh, in our community, it might be home base, but so they, the whole family may leave for a year because dad found a job in a different part of the country right. and then they come mm-hmm. back. Uh, so even in those cases, we try to stay in contact with the family. Uh, now they don't have the ability to have the resources and all the things that we provide through our sponsorship, but we still care and love about them. And many of them come back. Many of them come back and ask to, to join the program again, and we gladly accept them back into to the program. Currently, we've got about um, 475 kids in it, wow. close to 400 families who are part of it. And through that, every member of the family gets medical attention, um, tutoring, food for the family, uh, ec- additional food if it's needed, if their family is in crisis. Uh, we have hired phenomenal staff members who help oversee the, uh, the program with tutoring and workshops. And uh, I think we've got 22 staff members down there. And so awesome. just supporting that little community with 22 jobs, we pay the, their social security, we pay their health insurance. They are true members not just someone who's coming to the church and, mm-hmm. and getting a little mm-hmm. paycheck on the side, but these are real jobs. Uh, we had to establish a, a nonprofit there in El Salvador with the government mm-hmm. so that we mm-hmm. could do everything properly. And of course we would want to do that. Um, but there was challenges in that there were attorneys involved in it and lots of accountability is in place to protect that. Um, but as a result, there are lives being changed since 2015, when we started our program, uh, we've had six of our kids graduate college. We currently oh, have awesome. 25 in college right now. That's so good. And in 2010, there was zero. As a matter right. of fact, it, it, it seemed mm-hmm. in that community very hopeless. Like mm-hmm. the kids, the teenagers knew that they were stuck there. There was no way out because no mm-hmm. one ever told them that there was opportunity. No one told them that. It is possible that you can go to college or a trade school. We've got many in trade school as well. Um, and I think that is one of the benefits of me and our church taking down teams of people who go there with the number one priority of encouraging. We just speak truth and bring hope to them that we understand it's difficult to live, work, and play in El Salvador. But it's possible. God has you there for a reason, and he has mm-hmm. a purpose for you. And so we're so proud of our 30-plus college students who've gone through there, um, through the program. And now 
every single one of them continue to serve at the church. <laughs> and it's amazing because here in the States, you can't, I don't think there's any church who can say 100% of their graduating seniors go to college and still come back to the church and serve every single weekend. Mm-hmm. So it, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal uh, the, uh, what we're seeing th- through the Pal program. Uh, the community where our families live is kind of a, a mountainous area. And when the, the rainy season hits, mudslides occur and there's all kinds of sure. dangerous situations. And, um, you know, we care about those families. We care that they're safe. Uh, we've actually lost some parents and some children mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. of those mudslides and they were just buried alive. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. And so as a church here in the States, working with them down there, we, we try to build houses that are safe and protective out of the, the weather for these kids, for these parents, so that they don't have to worry about their, their house falling off the side of the mountain. So in the last 10 years or so, we've built almost 50 houses uh, for families mm, wow. um, as a gift from the church, not as a gift from um, Rush Creek in the United States, right. but as a gift from the church there in El Salvador. And so I, I say that to say um, our ministry there is holistic. It's not mm-hmm. just focused in one area. Obviously, the gospel is center. Everything that mm-hmm. we do, including our partnerships with the the, the city office with the police, the school is all centered around the gospel. And we love to go into the schools and play with the kids when we have teams there, have presentations uh, for some of the grades, but then also to share the gospel. And El Salvador is not much different than the United States. Uh, the separation of church and state is there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. because they see the impact that we make in the lives of the families there, we're allowed to do those things. Um, because the benefit that the, the, the school administration has seen from our teams coming down and the hope that we give the kids, not just in our pen pal program, but those, the friends of the kids in our pen pal program mm. are now like, maybe I can go to school too, or maybe I can learn a trade and find a job. It's bleeding mm. over into all areas of the community. And it's all because of God. It's all because God is working here. We saw him working and we just jumped in and joined him. That's amazing. You know, it's one thing for an organization like like One Child or a similar type of organization to um, to share the tangible impact that a program like child sponsorship can have uh, on children and on a whole their families and a whole community. Um, it's one thing for a, a one child to share that kind of thing, but it's a very different thing for an, a church like you guys to have seen that happen and then transition to to, to managing one a program like that for yourselves. Um, if you were to give, you know, explain to another church why you feel that child sponsorship done right. Like it sounds mm-hmm. to me, you know, it's very clear that Rush Creek is doing it the right way. Child sponsorship done right works. What would you tell that church? I would tell the church, no matter what size they are, start somewhere. You have to start. You have to engage families. And an organization like One Child would be a great place to start engaging those families. That's where we started. I had no idea in 2010 where we would be in 2022. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in 2010, I would have been perfectly content, I thought, with the way things were set up. But mm-hmm. just be obedient to follow that call 
uh, help families that are in need, and then just let God take control. It could be that, you know, a church partners with One Child Forever and makes a huge impact in the community. For us, our path's a little bit different, much more involved. And if your church is able to even consider it, then consider it. See what happens beyond the partnership. And it could be a, a child sponsorship program is the right way, but there's other avenues to impact the community mm -hmm. through schools and through city officials and, and different things. So yeah, go deep in communities. That's where you start to see the impact. Rush Creek's Compassion Ministry is doing amazing things around the world, and this is changing lives not only uh, where they serve, but at Rush Creek as well. And here are three things to remember about that from my conversation with Brian. First, when a church fully commits to the Great Commission, amazing things happen happen. And again, those happen both internally and externally. Second, missions trips don't have to be for individuals. There's something very powerful that can happen when whole families engage together in serving in a foreign context. And finally, missions doesn't have to be something done only through a third party organization. While Rush Creek's child sponsorship program started with a ministry like One Child, it grew to something that the church took on completely by itself in order to become more connected to it. I want to thank Brian for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Rush Creek Church, go to rushcreek.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership. Thank you.